I'm pretty sure someone sold us a plant at Highland that was that they told they told us that it was supposed to it was a snake plant and it was supposed to glow in the dark. Why? And for some reason, we believed it. I, I was not consulted on the matter. <laughs> in parentheses or in quotations. And it arrived and everybody was like trying to put it in the closet and like shine a light on it and see if it glowed. And I was like, what are you guys doing? Like, I don't think there's plants that just glow in the dark, at Yet. least at this point. Yet. Yeah. Uh, what is I this? Sansevieria sayerii? That looks like it could be glow in the dark hued. But uh, obviously it probably doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. why would a snake plant need to glow in the dark? The, um... The Sansevieria, what's the one? The silvery, bluish, silvery one. Isn't that the, the moonlight? Moonlight. Yeah, moonlight. Yeah. Oh. That one kind of looks like the same color as glow-in-the-dark paint a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's not. I mean, if you're listening, it doesn't glow in the dark. Disclaimer. Are those all not Sansevierias anymore now? Christina. So we say... She- Okay. Sansevieria, formerly known as Dracaena, so blah 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 blah, blah formerly known as. <laughs> seems like Sansevieria. It seems like there's a lot of uh, what would the word be like controversy, mm-hmm. even in, in even in like the the across conservatories in the United States, like people are like, Mm-mm, I don't buy it yet. It's there like needs the to be more thing. proof. <laughs> yeah, there's still scientists that are like, nope, Pluto still. Oh, you meant Pluto the planet, not Pluto the philodendron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of Pluto as a planet. Mm-hmm. I liked nine planets. I watched Sailor Moon, so Pluto's a planet. Yeah. We're just going to be like those old folks who are like, I will not take in any new information. I was alive when age. Pluto was a planet. I was alive when all these Dracenas <laughs> were Sansevierias. They were Sansevierias. Shit. We're living in. And now all Calatheas, they go Persias. No one's going to follow that. I'm, no. look, I'm looking up. Micro moles. Mm. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about light today. <laughs> Should we start the episode? Yeah. Welcome to Rough Around the Hedges podcast. I'm Kaylin. I'm Adam. And I'm Christine. And you guessed it. We're talking about light today. It's here. We're doing it. It's and, finally uh, happening. It's it's quite funny because it's dark out right now. So we're going to talk about light in the dark. It's depressing. <laughs> it's 630 on a Tuesday and it's so dark. Yeah, but it's been dark for like an hour and a half. I know. Just wait. My birthday's on like the third darkest day of the year. It's not even here yet. <laughs> Wouldn't it be one, two, three, like the fifth? It's fifth or sixth. I know because it goes both <laughs> ways. Whatever. Yeah. Fifth or, fifth or sixth. My brain. My brain hurts. I'm counting backwards from the solstice. Mm. Okay. So today we're going to talk about specifically natural light, not grow lights. So that's another episode. So we're going to talk about natural light, a.k.a. sun, a.k.a. sunlight, a.k.a. Big glowing orb in the sky. It's a big balling. Gl- oh, God, I can't talk. A big glowing ball of gas. Massive. Everything's gas to you, Pumbaa. (laughs) (laughs) Lion King quote. All of you 90s children out there. Well, guys, what do we know about light? I'm trying to remember that word. Plants need Photosynthesis? No. (laughs) I'm trying to remember the word of like what the study of light is called. Illuminology. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I think it'd be photo something. No, it's neither really? of those things. Do a quick Google, Adam. I know. You have a supercomputer in your hand. I do. It's. I just want to remember it to like show that I know it <laughs> without having to Google it. I want to say it's like something to do with like ocular or like something that's like eye. Right. I'm just going to be Google like one for him. Yeah. It's what is the study of light? It's like prisms and like <laughs> Isaac Newton. He did like uh, a optics. Optics. Oh. Thank you. Not ocular. Wait, that's it? Yeah, I know. Optics. Yeah. Okay. 
The study of light and the interaction of light and matter is termed optics. Okay. I don't know. Thanks, like, Wikipedia. Like I when like right the beginning of when we started this episode, like the first thing that was like, I want to start really big and start talking about like how the sun works and what <laughs> does it emit and then like what is the study down. of light. Okay. But we don't have to go that far. I think that scope's a little too broad. Uh, I'll, I'll summarize the entire episode in one sentence. Put your plants in the window. <laughs> I mean, we could do it that way, or we could go a little broader. Uh-huh. I know. I kind of like it just there. Done. Hey, thanks for coming, everybody. Let's talk about our plans uh, of the week. I mean, then I could go to sleep, which would be okay. Thirty. Oh man, I cannot go to sleep that early. Okay, okay. so let's see. Plants need sunlight to grow. Plants do this really nifty thing called photosynthesis, which is where they take energy from the sun in the form of sun rays and they convert it into sugars via their chloroplasts. And then that is how they make energy for themselves and they're able to grow and shit. So plants, what? Plant shit. And shit. They're able to grow and shit. Et cetera, not and and shit. shit. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. So two things plants need. In order to survive is sun and carbon dioxide and water. And through, I was gonna say water is another one. Well, no, but through, that's to photosynthesize. Sorry, the ingredients they for need photosynthesis. water. They need water to photosynthesize too. Yeah, they do. I think it's like that's not in the formula. Cynthia. Yeah, that's in the formula. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> let's look up some formulas, guys. I'm pretty sure the formula for photosynthesis is carbon dioxide, water, and energy from light, and then it gives off. Oxygen, right, as a waste product. Yep. And, and then C6H12O6, which is Oh my is God, glucose. he got that right. He's and in biology right now. That's probably why. <laughs> well, hey, that's better than us. We're not in biology. Is it right just now. the two things? Just Sorry. oxygen, C6H12O6, and. Yeah, six, part, six oxygen six to one C6H12O6. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, like, there's a bunch of important um, pigments that plants use. There's, like, three main types of pigments that they use to photosynthesize. Pigments mm-hmm. are just anything that absorbs light, certain wavelengths of light. So, like, the chlorophyll. There's two types of chlorophyll that absorb different parts of the visible spectrum of light. And then there's carotenoids, I think they're called, which are more of, like, a different spectrum of light. So they just kind of use different pigments to absorb as much of the visible spectrum of light as possible. And then mostly... Those pigments reflect green, greens and yellows. And green is the least common, what is it, wavelength absorbed by the plant, which is why they appear green to us. Correct. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It blows my mind every time I think about it. Like my brain breaks thinking yeah. about plants are green because it's the, like they're reflecting the wavelength. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. I was, what is light? I was trying to figure out like when you see the color green coming out of a computer screen, is that because it's, it's like, it's like pushing a green wavelength out of a out of like a diode or is it because it's like reflecting? That's different. Yeah. I was tripping. So carotenoids is the pigment that I was thinking of way long ago when I was talking about um, like yellows on stems and if whether or not those photosynthesize, that's uh, carotenoids. Yeah. Okay, so like how the biliatier has orange stems, mm-hmm. that's the carotenoids. Uh, so carotenoids are yellow, orange, and red. They reflect and yellow, oranges, and reds, yeah, but they absorb sorry. like blues and... Yep. So they do photosynthesize in a different way. And then you have flavonoids wait is that a guy fieri thing no <laughs> but that's kind of more in your fruits so that's the red yellows and blues and purples i think the carotenoids are more 
durable in cold. So that's why we get colors on the leaves in the trees, because after the chlorophylls like break down that's what's left. in the cold, the carotenoids are left and then they reflect orange and, and red. red and yellow. Yep. Cool. Wow. Nudes. Bunch of nudes. Yep. Um, okay, so plants need sunlight to grow. So it makes sense that we would put plants in the window. Um, our homes are caves. If you think about it, homes, yeah, we have houses with windows and we might have a whole wall of windows, but like our houses are caves. They're not, you can't see through the roof. They have the windows. You can see through them, but like homes are caves. So you don't, you're not going to grow your plants in the back of the cave because no light is going to get into them. So you need to put your plants in the beginning of the, the entry of the entry of the cave, which is the window. <laughs> and a lot of people miss that because their eyeballs might see a bright room, but plants don't have eyeballs and plants don't see the same wavelength of light that our eyes do. Mm -hmm. And so just because you see it as bright doesn't mean the plant sees it as bright. And it does like this episode, if we're not talking about grow lights, it simplifies things a little bit because the only real thing that we're considering, like the only variable that we're considering when we are talking about light is intensity mm -hmm. and duration. It's not like, you know, spectrum, which you do, which you should consider if you're using grow lights, because you want to make sure that the spectrum that your light's emitting is the, the right one. But with the sun, it's going to be, <laughs> that's, that's the way the plants adapted. They adapted for sunlight. So you don't need to even worry about that, but you definitely need to worry about Intensity and duration. Okay, speaking on intensity and duration, um, plants getting sunlight, it's not, it's not a brightness thing. You have to think about it in terms of volume. So all of these little photons traveling from the sun all the way to your plant, the amount of light a plant gets throughout the day is the total number of photons that falls on the foliage of the plant. So let's say you're in a south-facing window and it gets sunlight pretty much all day with some direct sun in like, let's say the afternoon. You're adding up the photons from the morning light, the evening light, the afternoon light, everywhere in between. Um, but like, let's say you have an east facing window and you only get direct sun in the morning. You're going to get a lot of photons falling on those leaves when the sun rays hit the plant. But then throughout the rest of the day, the sun is on the other side of your house now and you're not getting that intense light. You're still getting some light. But the concentration of those photons is significantly decreased. Mm -hmm. So to calculate how much light your plant is getting throughout the course of the day, you have to take into account the, that whole time frame, the uh, less concentrated efforts. And then the sunbeams just dousing your plant with light photons. And then by the end of the day, when the sun sets, that volume of light, those, you know, all of those photons that have fallen on your plant, that contributes to how much light your plant is getting. And how much it's able to... Um like much glucose it's able to produce, which then it can use to make more leaf tissue right. or make more trunk tissue or stem tissue or root tissue. Uh, and I think that there's like, this is something that's on like the frontier of what I've been grappling with, but it's like for specific different varieties of plants, there are like studies being done out there where it's like this plant, this is the amount of, what did you say? Volume. That's important that we're considering. Yeah, it's the volume. Volume over the course of a day, which, which is, is like qu what is the photo. quantity and duration. duration, intensity and duration. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there's like studies that you can you can like test a plant and see like this is the minimum amount of light that it can get to just like break even. And then if it's less than that. It's like photosynthesizing backwards. It's using more energy to photosynthesize than it's creating. 
So it just starts to, that's when you start to get, you know, yellowing leaves or like tissue collapse. Well, like the plant might be able to sustain itself just in its current state, but Mm -hmm. you go and water it. All of a sudden the plant has too much water. It's not using it. Sure. No oxygen getting to the roots. It's just going to turn into mush. And then there's like up and up. You can go up in that volume over the course of one photo period until you reach like an optimal range where it's like optimally like being bombarded with photons and creating as much glucose as possible and growing as quickly as it can. And then after you exceed that range, it starts to reverse again, like pretty sharply. And you start to get like light stress where plants, you know, they're basically getting burnt. Is that like a bell curve then? I think it's more like it curves exponentially up into the optimal range and then it drops quickly off once it gets scorched Mm. and it like doesn't photosynthesize at all. So it's more like quick, it's like a bell curve kind of going up exponentially and then straight down once it hits like a certain amount. But I want to guess that those ranges are a little bit like the plants can acclimate, right? Like maybe if the plant acclimated slowly, it could learn to tolerate like that, that range could be elevated. I feel like though you're still going to hit a wall at some point. You will at some point. But I'm like saying for these people that are studying these sort of photo period optimal levels, they're maybe not experimenting with like acclimation. Like if this plant is slowly acclimated into a lower light setting, can it survive and keep photosynthesizing longer? Same with a brighter setting. I just have heard like, this is the range where it can photosynthesize. And then after that, it just drops off. Too bad we don't hear about people giving their plants too much light. (laughs) It's always the opposite. My plant's not getting enough light. You guys want to talk about some signs that your plant either is getting too much light or not enough light? Uh, I guess... I know we're, we're talking more natural light here, but I had a grow light situation where my plants were getting too much light and basically the foliage, instead of turning yellow, it was just, it was paling really hard. Yeah, I've had that too. So stuff turned, was like, what was I thinking of? I had a really good example. Oh, my elbow. So instead of the nice dark green with the white, it was like way more of a neon pale green. I've, I've done that to my elbows too. Yeah. Uh, 1700 foot candles for 16 hours a day is too much, Bob. Yep. I'm not happy, Bob. Uh, <laughs> not happy so and that can be to a new plant parent that i could see where that could be a little confusing where you might see pale leaves and think it's yellow leaves and think i need to go more mm. um or vice versa like because people always default to oh it needs fertilizer right or humidity right uh going along with what you said you know like let's say somebody's been growing a plant in really 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 dark conditions and then you put it in a window all of a sudden that plant's going from nothing to what it sees is really bright light right which it can definitely be acclimated to that amount of light but going like shocking it like that Mm -hmm. you know it might cause the plant to burn and then they're like oh it's too much light like Mm -hmm. that's what i was kind of getting at was like i think that plants have more ability to acclimate than we give them credit for and i think a lot of plants can acclimate to pretty damn bright mm-hmm. direct light especially if, considering you know the ones that are grown outside in nature as trees yeah like ficus like a yeah like a lot of the ficus varieties yeah. well they're yeah they're used to being outside in nature they're also used to being like you just said trees so they're not they're adapted in a way to not be under canopy like right. we're used they to with are all our canopy. other canopies. They are the canopies. So they're like, give me as much light as possible. I will mm-hmm. absorb. Um, 
But signs of plants needing more light besides yellowing. Oh, I'm going to forget the term. Etioliation. Etioliation, where they're turning and stretching towards And all light. of a sudden your succulent, which should be a compact rosette, is now a lanky tall boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like etiolation, I think also, yes, that's how it looks in succulents. But I think like runners. Mm-hmm sometimes can oh, be a yeah, result when the plants not putting out any leaves right like if you get like really long if you're if you got a plant with nodes and it's putting out like really long internodal spacing and like really small foliage that could be a sign a that sign. it's not getting enough light do note if you have a species of plant you're growing that has naturally long internodal spacing like camposporta anum philodendron that already puts a shit ton of space in between each leaf uh, but also yeah what you said look look around for the the leaves getting smaller and smaller mm-hmm. right which is confusing also because it's like too much light can also create leaves like smaller leaves smaller growth because they're just trying to like not absorb as much radiation so it's like they're just producing smaller foliage if it's in like too bright of a spot you'll get that like you'll get that chlorosis mm-hmm. where it's like it stops producing chlorophyll because chlorophyll will be absorbing light and the the yellow color will just reflect more. In that case, would you would you say that we would be seeing shorter internodal spacing if it's getting too much light? Smaller leaves with short spacing. Yeah, I don't think like it would it would stretch out unless it's like stretching out to get away from mm-hmm. the light. Uh, another thing too, like sometimes you know plants that grow up they want to grow on support, so that could be another thing too. Mm. If it's a runner and you're getting smaller and smaller leaves you could also need to add support vertical support if it's growing up mm-hmm. so that could be you know as with all plants it could be you know one of three things yeah. one of eight million things <laughs> yep um i noticed like a lot of alocasia because they come up the petioles come straight out of the corn of the soil um those will tend to lean towards the light mm-hmm. so they don't have necessarily the the internal spacing to look for but you know all the leaves the leaf faces will be turned towards where the source of light is, and then they will start leaning towards the window. Uh, if you have a happy alocasia, most of the time they're just sticking straight up, looking looking nice, doing their thing, and they're not leaning any direction. Are yeah. yours leaning, Christine? Well, because I guess this is something to talk about, too, is we're talking um, intensity and duration, time of year. You know, that's going to change with the time of year because the sun is lower in the sky right now in the wintertime. So if you, even if you have a west-facing window, your plants still are going to get substantially less light than they would in the summer. Um, so my green velvet that's in a west window right now is like planted against the window. Like, mm. give me as much light as possible, please. Yeah, there's some of my alocasia that I just let them do that. Yeah. Um, where they have all their leaves facing the window. Because I'm like, you have figured out how to get the most light and I want you to grow big. So like, I'm not right. going to turn you. So then all my plants are just one direction. Yeah. I have to go outside and look at them through the window if I want to see how <laughs> nice they look. I see them when I water them. I'm like, oh, look yeah. how full you are on this side. My, my panda yep. galaxy is like that, too. It's all like one side right now. Like right from this distance, you can see my regal shield straight on, Christine, but right. I'm constantly looking at the back view of it. <laughs> Luckily, the back is still beautiful. It's a very pretty plant. plant. Fucking uh, sexy plant. But Twelve leaves. I mean, if this this goes for anyone that has windows, but I guess if you've got like super tall windows. Lucky bitch. And like you've got you've got 10, you got light coming or you've got windows up high or or skylights or or for that matter, if you're growing in a greenhouse, like you're going to get that top down light and you won't see as much of probably of the like foliage directing itself toward the window. I, I in the past have t- like. Because I'm a houseplant lover, I 
have just learned to like either use grow lights to supplement top down light if I want it growing like symmetrically or I like I work with the fact that all the lights coming from one direction and I like I train the plant to be displayed like all the foliage is pointing in one direction. Right. Right. Um, two things. I'm not Adam's looking at my plant. He's looking around um, to add on to your thing. You said about the big, tall windows, the bigger your window, the more volume of those light photons that can come and potentially land on your plant. So bigger windows are better than like a small window. Um, and if you have those floor to ceiling windows, I hate you, <laughs> but also good job. Um, because you just, yeah, you, you're opening up your cave for more light to get on your plant. And right. then the plant is just going to be getting more light than if you just had like a, you know, three foot wide window. Yeah. The top down light is something that's difficult to like emulate. Achieve. In your own home. I mean, especially here. Right. Skylights in Minnesota aren't the best. Well, okay. Skylights, um, depending on how big it is, uh, skylights aren't actually very practical. Mm. Because of the light fallout that happens when you have light that passes through right. a window and then has to travel a certain distance to get to your plant. So I think um, this is a fantastic time to say my favorite saying, all light through windows are in, is indirect light. All light through window is indirect. So if you get a plant at a nursery and it says it needs bright indirect light, do not take that as I need to take it five feet away from an east face window. No, put it in the window because the, the fall off is... Oh, you had the math, Caitlin. I have it pulled up. Say, finish your thought, and yeah. then I'll talk about that. So, yeah, it's just what they're when you're buying a plant from a nursery, they're talking outside. But if you're going to be growing this plant indoors, if you put it in front of glass, it's automatically indirect light. Well, and it depends on where you are in the country too. Like you know, people in Texas, their light in their house windows is going to be a lot different than our light in our Minnesota windows. It also depends on the time of year. Time of year, and yeah. it also depends on what kind of windows you have because there's like. Some a lot of the new windows have a lot of UV. Yeah, the coatings. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then some people have like screens on the outsides of their windows mm -hmm. too, and that also will screen out photons, right? right? Yeah, right. and if you leave your blinds, even if your blinds are open but they're down, that's yep. blocking out a fuck ton of light. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So all of those factors have to be considered. I think it's something interesting also that I've heard of recently is like how plants might use UV light, which they adapt, they were adapted to grow in UV light, which is outside of ultraviolet light is like out past the violet end of the visible mm -hmm. light spectrum. And most grow, grow lights aren't like going to be using any ultraviolet spectrum. So, or spectra. So, you know, what are we depriving our plants of by neglecting, you know, mm. if, if, if we're not, if we've got windows that are like UV shielding or mm -hmm. something like that, I know I mean, it, although it does seem like you can stress plants without that using grow lights, you can like you can stress Hoya, for example, without UV light. But anyway, that's just another thing to consider is like what type of block like light blocking is built into your glass. Yeah. And that's something I've always been curious on of because like, you know, in, our, in the heat of the summer months, UV intensity of the sun is strongest. And when we have those days that we're at like a 12 or 13, how much does that actually affect plants? Um, obviously, they have potential to burn because of the intensity. But like I'm like for us as humans, our skin gets sensitive at like a five on UV scale. Right. And I've always wanted to like find out where plants land in that. Let's burn my plants with the sun. Yeah. It depends on what plant. Right. 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 I know everyone's going to be different based on thickness and all that nonsense, yeah. but... 
I have the, um, it's called the inverse square law. Gotcha. Okay. So this is what happens when you're, uh, the light from the sun enters your home through a window. Um, this formula is intensity is equal to one over distance squared. So essentially what happens is the further you move away from the light source, uh, how much the intensity of that light falls off every, you know, unit of measurement you move away from said window. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's say, you know, one foot away from the window, we'll count the, like where the light enters the window as, you know, the start of our light source. Uh, We move one foot away from that. Um, Oh, it's having, it's, uh, my formulas say one foot away is 100% intensity. Okay, so let's see. We'll double it. <laughs> Two feet away. Um, we go from 100% intensity to 25% intensity. It kills it by... 75%. Yep. And then moving back from there, if we double the distance again, we're looking at 6.25% intensity. I wonder if that's the same thing in a greenhouse. I don't feel like it is. Well, greenhouse you have, it's more than just the window. You have the light coming from... The sky. Sides, the whole... Yeah. area and that yeah. would be more similar to what happens in the nature and outdoors right because i know i mean I, I have a hard time not like bringing up grow lights at all in this episode but yeah. i know it, it's it's definitely the same thing for grow lights yeah. because we consider that more in our cons- in the conservatory where we're like okay the distance from these grow lights is very important but like if the plant is on a on a really high bench or if the plant is on the ground like the light the daylight that's hitting the plant doesn't really change. But if the plant's on a really high bench right next to a grow light and it's Versus dark outside, right. and then there's another plant that's on a, on the floor, that makes a dramatic difference. So yeah, you could be using one grow light and you could grow plants who require three different light intensities. Mm-hmm. You could grow your bright direct light plant. You could grow a medium light plant. You could grow a plant that prefers you know, low light, all with one light, just based on where you place those plants in relation to the light source. And I think probably you can do the same thing with, um, with day, like daylight too, right? Yeah. Like based on how far you do place it from the window. Yes. If it's, if we accept that it's, the light is just exponentially Less. decreasing right. every unit of measurement you move away from the window. Because what, what is the sun? The sun is 10,000 foot candles. Just I mean, you know, something like that. So say if it you're measuring your light outdoors. Right. And full sun and outside to kind of like show what that the difference. So, OK, outside plant just hanging out, getting 10,000 foot candles an hour inside on a west window. For me, it immediately drops to like 1700. We should talk about foot candles and lux first. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, but just to, just to show how much it gets cut when it's coming through. Um, a window a two-paned window mm-hmm. well yeah not only coming through a window but you're blocking out all of the other you know spots the light could be coming and hitting your right. plant from you're giving it a hole you're shining light through a hole and you have to put your plant accordingly on the other side of that hole to get sun right um okay so when we talk about measuring light there are a bunch of different units of measurements that you'll see especially if you're like looking at buying grow lights and shit uh lux and foot candles are pretty much the same thing. They're just the difference is like Lux is 10 power to a foot candle. So one foot candle is 10 Lux. Oh. So um, so like foot candles are just going to be a more precise measurement at lower intensities. I don't know. That, I don't know that they're more precise. I think, I think it's just it, an it's easier way just to. the same thing, but two different, two different. It's easier to say 10 foot candles like instead of 10,000 Lux. Gallon, or no, God, that but wouldn't it be right. the opposite? Leaders. No. It's like the metric versus the uh, imperial measurements. So, so you're saying that foot candles are like one foot candle is brighter than one lux? Or you're saying 
One lux um, is brighter than one foot candle. Well, uh, a foot candle is the measure of light one candle gives off in a one square foot radius. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what lux is defined that way, but essentially 10 foot candles is 100 lux. 100, sorry. Mm-hmm. More or less. It's not exact exact, but like if you were to give me give me any number in foot candles, I'll just move the decimal place one point and I can translate that into the other measurement for you but they're so they both work they you can both you can figure out all your stuff mm. using either or you can um, and their measurements of in light intensity yes how okay. much light falls on an object at the object right gotcha. not at source if you are measuring the amount of light given off at the source you are measuring the lumens Correct. Mm. so if i have a 500 or a 5500 lumen shop lamp that's how bright the lamp is at the bulb if I'm going to measure how bright that is at my plant, I'm going to be measuring lux or foot candles. Correct. So like when you're shopping for grow lights, you don't always buy them based on the lux or sorry, the um, lumens. lumens. Yeah. So saying you have a 9000 lumen lamp, that really doesn't say anything. Right. Um, fun fact, I was working with theater. I work with theater lights on a daily basis. And when I was at the park, we had a moving head fixture that had 90,000 lumens at source. Ooh, and we, not me, my supervisor accidentally turned it on while it was pointing down towards some garland, like decoration garland, and immediately started smoking. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> He's like fire. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the, the last one we'll say quickly, Kelvin, that is color, color temperature. temperature. So the color of your light. So a, a regular old white light has a spectrum of color called Kelvin. Um. And we can go anywhere from like 2,500, which is a real nice orange, all the way up to like 6,000, which is a real bright blue, ugly blue. Um, so and that, that's kind of important, but not right immediately. So I uh, just bought some new flood lamps for the uh, recessed lights above the peninsula, and I made sure to get soft white. Yes. Because I hate white, white. Mm. But yeah, that's that only has to do with color temperature. It doesn't have to do with actual like physical temperature. What about like, does that have to do with the usable spectrum yes like photosynthetic yes spectrum yes because so plants do react differently based on color temperature so the sun naturally changes color temperature throughout the day in the morning and the evening obviously the golden hours we're more into that 25 3000 maybe even 4000 kelvin range but at noon daylight that's like six to nine um thousand so really it's in plants I believe they're more susceptible to being flowering stages in the lower t- temperatures and foliage stages in the yeah, higher. Because they're like the red portion of the spectrum right. induces flowering in a lot of plants. And then the, the blue portion of the spectrum is like fo- like foliage development. Mm-hmm. Usually. And I, I don't think that's always the case, but they need generally both parts, yeah. all parts of and the visible spectrum to grow. This is kind of bleeding into grow lights so i don't know how much more we want to like talk into it or not but well, yeah, I, so I, I would like to also lights. say like uh we could talk about m- micro moles per meter squared per second which is also a l- measure of intensity of light oh yes we'll get into that after we finish talking about <laughs> lux and lux, lux and foot or sorry lux and foot candles so, yeah. so we're say, off topic while being on topic say you want to you have a plant and you have a west window and you want to figure out how much light it's getting and if it's enough or not. How do we do that? Well, Christine, I'm glad you asked. Uh, you're going to need an instrument called a light meter. You can buy one online. 
you can download a free app. Um, there are a bunch of uh, light meter apps available. You may have to download one or more um, because some of them are shittier than others. Or if you have $37.99, you can buy a handy dandy doctor meter, mm-hmm. uh, light meter off the internet. That's what I did because I got sick of phones. Um, that's what I have. I take my light meter around and I measure all the stuff. Um, but what it does is it just takes a reading and it tells you in, you know, Lux or Foot Candles what you're looking at. So uh, exercise, if you want to get to be a little bit more familiar with how light reacts in your home and where there is light to put plants and where there is light to not put plants, take your light meter, throw it into Lux or Foot Candles. Um, for the purposes of this podcast, let's just stick to Foot Candles. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, I know that's what Christine and I use most of the time. Um, but take your light meter, uh, go place it in front of the window on a sunny day, move it around, uh, move it off to the side of the window, put it in the corner, put it in, you know, eight feet away from the window, see what readings you're getting. Depends on how much light is out there. Like if it's overcast, you're not going to be getting very good readings. So I would wait for a sunny part of the day. Uh, but like if it's sunny, what would we say we're probably going to look at? In front of our window, we're probably going to be reading two thousand. I was going to say, depending on uh, talking south and west, yeah, probably about two thousand. Yeah, for for the purposes of this assignment, let's say we have a south or west window. South okay. or west window in the northern hemisphere, Thank right? You. Yeah, an afternoon sun. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, now like let's solar say noon or something. Mm-hmm. We'd move directly back um, perpendicular from the wall two feet. If we had two thousand feet at the window, we're going to be looking at like seventy five. Percent reduction of that. Mm-hmm. Correct. Or or more. So yep. 500. And then if we move back, you know, two more feet, it's going to be 6% of what our initial reading was. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you think about that, like, that light fall off happens really quickly yeah. as you move further back from your light source slash your window. So yeah. when you have, you know, your plants placed in really cute spots in your home, you have to be mindful of are those cute spots within, you know, let's say four feet of a window. Mm-hmm. When I first started off with plants, no, they were not. <laughs> I had six plants and only one of them was in a good spot. And there are light meters out there. When you say light meter, I mean, that's kind of a general term of tools used to measure light. But there's ones out there that measure spectra as well. So like right. they'll give you a spectral analysis of the like what wavelengths of light are being are are present in a in your space at a given point. Those so, are far more expensive. Typically, yes. Typically. Um, well, Adam's talking about different kind of meters. Um, we can also mention the par meter, um, which reads something different than our, uh, <coughs> our Lux and our foot candles. Par is actually a more accurate reading of the light usable to plants. Is mm-hmm. photosynthetic available? Well, par stands for photosynthetically available. active radiation. Oh, radiation. So those are the individual particles of light hitting the plant leaves. It's called par. Okay. Um, but yeah, par meters are going to be more accurate, but they're like 150 bucks on up, 150 to 500 bucks. So chances are you're not going to go out and buy one of those unless you're super fancy or a doctor. Right. Or a doctor. And you really, you don't really need no. that. I think can, just a general understanding. I've been away of, with it without one for like f- four years now. But yeah, there's, there's plenty of people out there that have already done the science and the math and figured all the stuff out and have converted everything to foot candles and lumens. Yeah. Well, and then like, okay, so you can actually take, you can take your regular light meter, take your par or sorry, take your Lux or your foot candles reading, do some math, turn that into an approximation of par. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can use the handy dandy cheat sheet from Daryl Chang that we use. Right. The math is already done. It's a graph. You take your foot candle reading and 
match it on the graph, figure it out, and then boom, done. Yeah, easy, I think easy. this is a great time to plug Daryl Chang. Chang. Fuck yeah, Daryl. Um, Houseplant Journal on Instagram. He has a couple blogs on light and how to measure light and then grow lights and all that and fantastic resources if you're just oh yeah play, starting like, yeah, to learn how to play yeah, with light. Getting started with grow lights. He has a bunch of reviews for different ones you can get and get started. Um, he actually designed and uh, engineered his own light meter. Ooh. Um, Even if I you just... It's, it's either 99 or 150. Yeah. I wish I would have got one, but I was too cheap at the time he introduced them. Yeah. Um, even if you just scroll through his like story highlights, you'll probably learn a lot about how plants use light and how people often make common mistakes. Yeah. He takes the engineer's approach to houseplant growing. Mm -hmm. So he'll explain things, break things down, explain why you need to put your plant directly in the window and how the plant needs to see the sky. Mm -hmm. The plant needs to be able to see the sky. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's also great. See the sky. Because if, say, you have a hanging basket. One and foot below the ceiling. Right. Even if it's in your window, mm -hmm. it's not getting any light. Right. Think of the sun's, the sun has rays. Rays start at the sun and they go off in a single direction without turning um, until they hit something. So the rays come from the sun, come all the way through our windows, hit a plant or whatever. Uh, what rays don't do is they don't come from the sun, travel all the way to our house, enter the window and then take a sharp left to hit your spider plant. That's unless off you have to the a, side of the like uh, the window. Unless you have like a mirror set up. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess think if you have a if you have a funhouse mirror set up in your living room, I'm not to sure. angle light towards your plants. Yeah, I think fine. reflecting light, depending on how you reflect it, doesn't always. It's it like it, it, it does work. the same exponential loss thing right, every right, time right. it reflects off of something. Yes. Uh, so don't I, actually. I've heard that white colors in your space do a better job, like reflecting photosynthetic acts photosynthetically active radiation yep. than than mirrors so do that's that's what we call bounce um when so white is a fantastic color for light bounce so when light hits it it's going to push light back off of it yeah um that's why all my, it, all it, my walls are white theater all the time if you need something to uh, to glow more light around it paint it white and vice versa paint it black so it absorbs um that is its own thing do you guys, have you guys ever heard of like photo interruption or like it's not good to put, turn on bright lights in the middle of the night because oh, it actually, yeah, it actually like decreases the, uh, I don't know, efficiency of photosynthesis. I could see that. I mean, I haven't read a whole lot on it, but that just makes sense in my brain. Cause I mean, us as humans, even if someone came and just woke you up in the middle of the night and asked you a bunch of questions. Yeah. And was like, okay, start making glucose now. Right. You'd be like, what? Yeah, give me a minute. <laughs> um, and then halfway through the day, you're going to be like, I'm very tired because I was woken yeah. up in the middle of the night. Right. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, that just naturally makes sense in my brain. Um, do we want to talk about, uh oh, is it DPI daily? Oh, daily light integral. DLA. Yeah. So oh. you went and you measured your light at that one point in the day, but that's not going to be what your plant's actually getting across the entire day i thought kaylin kind of covered that already oh did you a little bit it's when we talk With about the volume, volume of light right? over the course Your of a photo gets. period yeah so like christine's saying daily light integral is what we're, we're talking about par combined with how long that plant is going to be getting light for and then figuring out 
the total volume of light that plant gets in, in a day. And that's right. a number. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the DLI. So and you'd want to do it like multiple days in a row. And then you'd want to repeat it in the fall. And then you'd want to repeat it in the spring. And then you'd want to take an average. And then you'd <laughs> well, know. It's that's way you easier really to figure DLI with grow lights. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. your grow lights are on for a set period of time every day. And it's yeah. the same intensity. Uh, if you're calculating it for your plants, getting natural light. Daryl Chang has a great article on this and how you can do it. Essentially, you take a light meter reading every hour. Mm-hmm. For as many hours as the sun is out. And then I think it's you calculate an average and then do some more math and then you uh, figure it out. What advice do you... I read through it. I don't remember it. (laughs) I just like you calculate it and then do some more math and then... (laughs) Because, yeah, it's like a two-part equation. Yeah. I don't remember. What advice do you guys have for people that don't don't have... a light meter. A light meter. You can download one for free on the App Store. There are no excuses anymore. But if you're going to ignore us and not... Um, get a light meter anyway. I feel like you're going to just ignore her advice on um, lights. I kind of, so I think, I think, screwed. I think I get what you're maybe hinting at, but I'm going to just quick throw in that. I don't trust the apps. I don't trust them because if we're talking cut off, a lens is going to have a light cut off on its own. Yeah. Um, well, like sometimes the, again, getting into grow lights, sometimes the, uh, the grow lights are the, like their light doesn't register on the apps. Right. Some of them. You need to like diffuse the light over your camera. I don't know. It's stupid. I just spend the $40 to get the stupid light meter. Get the orange one. It's fine. It's a nine volt battery. Um, Were you hinting at the hand test or the shadow test? No, I was just talking about people that are listening to this that are like, okay, I just have like three plants. I don't want to go buy a $40 light meter. I'm just like, I just want to keep my like a rubber plant alive. Okay. Put your rubber plant in brightest window north or not uh, not an option east not an option <laughs> needs to be south or west it needs to be right in front of the window with no obstructions in the northern hemisphere every day in the northern hemisphere i was gonna say i'd argue a rubber plant doesn't even want a west window mine struggled in the winter time in the west window they just like it's stop not growing mm-hmm. i would recommend uh, just reducing water i'd re- recommend not buying a rubber plant <laughs> in the first place <laughs> um the hand test so garbage okay shadow like are you talking about a yeah. shadow test also garbage yeah, because I don't. you're you're looking at how okay okay let's explain what it is and then I'll explain why I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You hold your uh, what is it? You even? put your hand against. You don't put it against the wall, but you hold it near a wall so it makes a shadow. And this is where it gets tricky because depending on how far away your hand is from the wall, the shadow is going to change. And they say if it's like a real clear outline on on your shadow, like a nice hard line of your hand, that's bright light. And then the further away you get, if it gets more fuzzy, huh. you're getting into like medium. And then okay. if you get to a point where you can't even tell it's a hand, it's just a blob. That's I low. think you can, I think you can create shadows even in like indirect light, right? Like, so if you're in a space All lights indirect. that has direct sunlight and then you move over to the side where it doesn't have direct sunlight, can you, can your hand still cast a shadow on anything? I actually don't know the answer to that question. I know when the sun goes behind a cloud, you can't see the shadow. Right. But anyway, it doesn't really matter. I I think in theory, for the purpose of making an Instagram reel, I think the hand test is a great way to distract people from current events happening in the world. Um, Oh, my God. As far as actually telling, is this enough light for my plant? Hand test, you can fuck right off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've Shadow never. Test, go yeah, to I've never used a hand test. I've also never really needed a light meter. So, but it, but it but it was a lot of just experimenting in my own space and like, oh, that plant scorched, like that was too fast. Yeah. Oh, that plant is just rotting, and I gave it too much water and not enough light, and it's too cold. Well, and see, then I learn. 
me, I had, you know, my six plants and they were just existing and I was, you know, learning about light and I was like, you know, six months into my houseplant journey or something like that. So I got the light meter and I was like, oh my God, you can't put plants over in front of your TV because my TV was like six <laughs> feet away from the window at an angle. I was like, this is why my jade's not growing. Oh no. And then like there was another plant I had right around the corner from the window. So like, let's say your window's right here. Now let's continue along the wall the window's on. Then there's a counter. I had a plant there, but it wasn't in front of a window. And I was like, it's close to a window. It's getting light. Not getting light mm -hmm. at all. And I had another plant in a corner, again, not getting any light. And then I had a plant eight feet away from a window on top of the fridge, not getting any light. So, like, having the light meter was showing me that, like, these places in my home where I put plants because I thought they'd be cute don't actually get enough light to grow the plant. Right. They hardly get light at all. Right? Even to sustain or maintain a plant. That's, like, I think the, the cutoff point is, like, do you want, do you care if your plant is actually growing and thriving? Or are you okay with just sustaining it and then even killing it. like just as long as you're intentional and you're aware of what you're doing and you're not like telling other people like look at my thriving growing plant that's growing oh, in the yes. dark. Let's stop talking about our plants that are thriving when they're clearly just existing. Right. And then and then beyond that we talked before we started this episode we talked about like some people are just like fine like putting a plant in a corner and they know it's going to die. And they're just like, it will live. I know I've done it before. It will live four months and then it's going to die. And I'll just go and replace it. And like, you know what? If that's you, fine. It's just not us. It makes nope. me angry. Yep. I wouldn't do it. Okay. I want to talk about like our foot candle measurements, what we could be like looking at uh, if we go around measuring spaces in our home. Uh -huh. um, we, we, we touched on this and then we didn't get into things. So like, okay, I'm going to give you guys some ranges based on my experience. If you take your light meter and you measure and it says 50, 25 foot candles, garbage, absolute garbage. It's trash. That's barely anything. You can't grow a pothos with 25 to 50 foot candles. Um, once we get up to 100 and 125, that is our bare minimum for sustaining a pothos. If you're measuring what pothos, golden, golden pothos. Okay. Probably not neon. Oh, yeah. I was going to argue not like Mandula would not. Definitely not Cebu. So... Um, moving up into like 400, 400 is better for like, you know, plants that like medium light. So you could do like a ZZ snake plant, a philodendron of some kind. Um, once you get up into a thousand, now we're talking a thousand is really good. Get up to 1200, 1500, 2000. That is golden right there. You can get to 2000. Um, now this is not including the times when the sun is going to be directly shining on your plant. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is going to be like, like a, what is it? Five hour energy shot of light to the plant. Um, essentially, um, that sunbeam, that direct sun for, you know, the short period of time it's shining on your plant is just a boost of photons. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just a boost. It's not going to sustain your plant. Um, but yeah, when you're measuring, when you're looking at, you know, numbers and stuff. So. 100, 125, bare minimum for plants. Below that is essentially darkness. Don't even go there with me. <laughs> and we also talked about duration. So if like you're, we're in the middle of the summer here in the north, farther in the northern hemisphere, sometimes the days are like, what are the, what's the longest daylight period that we have here in Minnesota? Is it 14 or 16? Maybe 14 hours? Yeah, like 14 hours. That maybe like you're, you're able to grow a plant 
better in one of those lower ranges if the duration is like if you have like a 14 hour photo period but then in the winter if you're trying to grow it in the same place with a three and a half hour photo period or like some like how short the days get here and then it's overcast so much so it doesn't get any of those five hour energy like direct sun shots to the to the dome uh right it's going to be different so you just have to pay attention to duration as well and we talked before the episode started we were talking about like you can you like if you, even if you have a really bright light i don't think like a super bright dose of intensity for a super short photo period is the same as doing like a low to moderate intensity for a longer period the plant is more efficient with that sort of medium range of its optimal intensity for a longer period of time than it is with like a high burst of light for a short period it's not going to grow the same i want to take what you're saying and briefly touch on grow lights and we're talking about remember we're talking about volume of light so Mm -hmm. the intensity and the duration so like let's say we're measuring 400 foot candles on a plant uh and because grow lights you can leave them on for a set period of time that's why i want to make the example with grow lights if i have 400 foot candles i'm measuring at my plant and i leave that on for 16 hours the volume of light that plant is getting is equal to if i had 2000 foot candles and i left it on for four hours because that's a higher intensity for a shorter duration equals out to the same daily light integral as if I had 400 foot candles on for 16 hours. Right. But what we're saying is doing that 2000 for four hours isn't necessarily the best for the plant. Well, Adam, you are going to have to go take it up with my corn plant that I just put in the corner that has to have it on for only four hours because he's so tall and gross to the grow life. I mean, it's better than it's better than no supplement. I mean, like, right. for example, if you're trying to grow a plant in a space that doesn't get a bright enough, doesn't get enough light for it to sustain itself and grow. But like once a day, you like bring it outside and you just stick it out in the sun for like an hour and then you bring it back in. Right. I mean, it's probably better than nothing, but it also just isn't good. It's like they say, like, uh, you know, it's not just the volume of calories that you eat over the course of the day. It's like if you space them out and like, what is the quality of the calories that you're eating? If you're just like looking at calories and you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to stuff my face with like you know, 4,000 like low grade calories at lunch and I'm not going to eat anything else throughout the course of the day. You're going to, your health is going to decline. Whereas if you eat like small portions more consistently with, you know, high grade calories and micronutrients, you're probably going to be healthier long-term. I, I kind of think of it as a, yeah, and in I, that term. I have a great example of that again with grow lights because that's the control. Um, When I was using the big, like giant lights from Amazon that were putting out like 2000 foot candles. And so I only had my grow lights on for like five hours a day because that was like, that's 10,000. It's fine. Um, I, the, the color again was starting to bleach a little bit. So they were getting too much light and growth just kind of, it kind of just like stagnated. Plateaued. Not even plateaued, just kind of stagnated. Like stuff was alive. It wasn't dropping leaves, but they weren't necessarily growing super fast. But as Mm. soon as I knocked Got different lights that knock stuff down to like sixteen hundred on for twelve hours a day. Stuff's growing like crazy. Stuff's mm. like so just happier. I need to move my corn plant. Maybe. <sighs> my problem is it's so tall, and even though the ceiling's a little taller than normal, but see what happens. Light is still right on top of I it. feel like a corn plant's gonna want a ton of light anyway. What if? 
what if think of a way stay stay with me guys what if you used a timer and you had the light turn on for an hour and then off for two hours and then on for an hour and then off for two hours so like that (laughs) oh shit you're right photo interruption (laughs) yeah that might not work uh i tried I mean, there's only one to find out, right? See if it's... No, no, no. You make a good point because he was living here in my south window where he was getting consistent light all day and it was shining on all his lower leaves too and now where he's at, he's only getting light on the top. So maybe I'll switch him out with this metal head. Just, yeah, or you just just test it. Like, just give it a few weeks and just see. I'm I'm already seeing what Christine is saying where I'm going to get bleaching at the top of the leaves and the plants... Is pretty much perfect with the exception of the small fungus it's got. And I'm just You're going to come home. I don't want to deal with it. And in the spring, he's going to have to get chopped anyway. He's like eight inches away from hitting the ceiling. So like like, like his days are numbered as he is. (laughs) I just don't want to have to chop him and have him be ugly. Like Christine's garland. You're going to you're going to come home and the leaves just going to be smoking. Oh, I hope not. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. Guys, is there anything we want to finish hitting on for this episode before we wrap it up and put your plant in the window? Put your plant in the window. Put your fucking plant in the window. <laughs> don't make, oh, don't put it on the desk 10 feet away. Put it right. in the window. Inverse square law, light fall off is a thing. Keep it within four feet of the window. Even though there's a cool place in your spot, your house to put a plant, don't put it there unless you have a grow light. No corners. Do your best oh. to acclimate things. If you are moving them from like high light to low light, try to do it gradually. Mm-hmm. It's just going to help you not kill things, I think. And practice patience. Yes. Plants teach us patience. You're not going to acclimate something in a week. If you put it there for a month and you're starting to see changes, that's kind of what we're talking about. You yeah. can't put it there for one week and expect it to work. Yeah. You got to give it some time and to learn, acclimate. Yeah. And or like, can, just can, learn. Sorry. You're good. I've had plants take six months or like six months to acclimate. I was oh, going to yeah. say you can live by my rule, which is you live or you don't. So. Yeah. I mean, and if, you, <laughs> and if you do that, like just, just be prepared for like some dieback and then things might grow back if it, if it, Stronger if it lives, ever. right. Like it can acclimate to those conditions, but just also just learn to read, read your plant. Like if it's stretching out or if the leaves are getting smaller, um, you know, those might be signs that it's not getting enough light. If it's not growing, that could be for a number of reasons, but also just think about it. And also look for signs of too much light. So right. if you see like brown burnt marks and it plants pressing its leaves right up against a south facing window, maybe it's burning. Right. Uh, you know, if it's. Ooh, I like the one where the plant turns its leaves away from the light. Right. A lot it's of the, getting too much. Sure. A lot of the aeroids will do that where it'll just like bend. You'll, it'll point the abaxial, the bottom surface of the leaf oh, up towards the sun and the top photosynthetic portion of the leaf down away mm-hmm. from the sun that is also a, a signal that you're you know too that much. you should too much. pay attention to that's so. too much bob but that's all With i got that let's talk about our plant of the week my plant of the week this week is my tie constellation i got from tom it is the large form tie and it just put out its fifth leaf it is majestic it's got a couple creamy splashes and it's big and the leaf is still hardening off and it's so sexy is there a small form tie oh there's not i don't know <laughs> okay or that's not that i know of. Thinking of the elbows you're thinking elbows okay well i'm saying large form because it's fucking huge it's not a tissue culture tie that's yes the it's the og part. baby it's yeah. a mature form tie yeah. from 10 years ago or something 40 dollars at garden center thanks tom we <laughs> traded plants mine is my alocasia dragon scale. Ooh, I saw a picture of that I saw today. A picture, I sent a picture to Kaylin. It is just looking immaculate and so happy. And 
so embossed. Yeah. Love hard, it. hard leaves. Looks fantastic. Love it. You guys it's got need- this weird sheen on it where, because I think I sent you a picture of it a while ago and you're like, oh, silver dragon. I'm like, no, dragon scale. It's got, it's like it's got the, a um, weird blue sheen to it. The highlights and shadows are very defined on that guy. Mm-hmm. So it just looked like it was silver dragon. Yeah. My, uh, I was going to say, like, I need to have you guys come over to my place again because you can we'll help be me. over on Wednesday. I know. You can help me think of my plant of the week. Yeah. Um, when I can't, but I, I did think of one, I think that's a good candidate, which is my Omelomena rubicens, like speckly oh. variegated. Ooh, it's like a star, it's a, it's a stardust. It's like, it's got some pink, it's got some like kind of Thai constellation esque like variegation. That um, I like that move you just made. It, yeah. You guys couldn't see it, but <laughs> I just made fingers. a move. Uh, thank you. Is it spirit fingers? It's like sparkle. It's this one. Is it sparkle fingers? No, spirit fingers. Spirit fingers. Is yeah, this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. I was doing uh, spirit fingers. <laughs> And I was talking about my plant. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I like, I like almost killed the shit out of it by putting it outside. This Not just killed it, but killed the shit out of it. Yeah, like I put it from Lekka into just a big pot of soil and I just stuck it outside and I was like, live. And it didn't. Oh, you did my <laughs> it thing. It just died. It started declining fast. It was like a chunk. And I was like, at the end, in the fall, I was like, I could leave this outside and just let the, the cold do its work. Mm-hmm. But I decided to just rip it. I pulled it out of the soil. It basically had no roots. And I put it in sphagnum inside of a plastic bag. And then boom, it sphagnum just like did it. And then I put it in a core perlite mix. And it's in the grow tent. And it's just like I put it in a clear pot. And the roots have just gone crazy. And it's pushing out bigger foliage. Nice. So that's my plant of the week. I'm excited to see you grow that one big. We'll I see. like hummelaminas. Yeah. I've tried for so long in Lekka and it just never worked. That's what I'm saying. Lekka, and Lekka so really we're going term. we're going into, you know, a different media and we're going to try it again. Uh-huh. I'm glad I put the work into saving it. Woohoo. I was just looking at one of my Lekka plants today going, I don't think you want to be in here any longer. I can't think of it. Yep. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week back here with part two on light. Stay rough. Bye-bye. Bye. We didn't talk about the Discord. We don't we don't have to talk about the Discord every time. Join the Discord. Join the Discord.